to the airwaves. My name is Colin, I'm Mr. Valentine, and you are listening to the Mr. and Mrs. Valentine podcast recorded live from our apartment. Hello everybody, welcome to the Mr. and Mrs. Valentine podcast show. I think that joke's funny every time. I don't know, it just makes me laugh every time. Uh, it is a horrible weather outside today. Uh, it's like blustery snow and rain. And I don't like it. Yeah, it's not cold enough to be snow, and it's... Not warm enough to just be like a proper rain shower. Yeah. So it's like these little flakes blowing around, but as soon as they touch you, it's like wet. It would be nice, but... Yeah, I I, I mean, we just made a massive pot of exceptionally cheesy macaroni and cheese, though. Which warmed my heart. (laughs) It also warmed my... And my stomach. Yeah, I was gonna say, and my stomach. Um... Before we get started, uh, just a reminder that if you like this podcast, which, why wouldn't you? We're hilarious and wonderful. Um, if you like this podcast, you can get it early by joining our Patreon. Um, patrons get early access to our podcast, as well as our monthly recommendation video, as well as special roles and channels and privileges in our Discord server. Um, you also get the eligibility to vote on, on what you want to hear on the podcast. Yes, it's pretty exciting. It's good. It's value for your money, and I mean, all the money goes back into us, either in the food we get, or, uh, you know, tech to make things better. Or yarn. Yeah, there's a lot of yarn. <laughs> That's a big part of it, somehow. Anyways, um, we're going to be talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe TV shows today. At the request of our patron. We have one right now. So she basically just gets to decide what everybody else hears right now. So, I mean, you know, good for her. Yeah, so if you think we need to be talking about something else. Pay for the Patreon. Okay. That is the only way that you is, can have that privilege. That is the end of the plugging ourselves session. Um, until the end of the show when we'll do it again. Uh, anyways, Marvel Cinematic Universe shows. Um... I guess we will kind of roughly run through them. Full spoilers. I mean, Hawkeye is not out yet uh, as of the time of recording, so we won't have it. We won't be talking about Hawkeye. Maybe we'll do a Hawkeye episode once when it's does done. That come out? Uh, it comes out November twenty fourth, so two weeks from today because we're recording this oh, on the tenth. Three days before the, our next craft sale, but that's not important right now. <laughs> not everything is about craft sales. Yes, but not all of our content is about craft sales. Um, So anyways, uh, we're sort of going to walk through each uh, Marvel show that's come out so far, talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, and I guess we'll try and give it an overall score out of of 10. So first up with WandaVision. Um, Also, just full spoilers. I think I already said that, but if I didn't, full spoilers for all of these shows. If you haven't seen them... Please do not get mad at us for spoiling them completely, because we will. Um, WandaVision. Lindsay, what did you think about WandaVision? I thought it was pretty good. I was not expecting the twist at the end. Which and twist? And I also That's really like the costume design. Which twist? Thanks all along, man. You have to explain it, like, assuming people haven't seen the show. Oh, okay. I guess I have to be... Not vague about this. No, it's why I said full spoilers. We're not <laughs> doing doing vague and smelly like, egg the long, baby. Okay, yeah, if nobody's seen the show, they don't know what we're talking about. Um basically 
throughout the entire show, Wanda and Vision have a neighbor. I don't remember what her actual, like, neighbor name is. Agnes. Agnes, right? Um, and it turns out that she's actually an evil witch that has been basically manipulating Yeah. Everything. So, um, the overall premise of the show is we are thrown into what appears to be a 1950s TV sitcom starring Wanda and Vision, called WandaVision. And Wanda and Vision are married, and everything's cute, and it's sweet. But we all know that Vision is dead uh, as of Infinity War. This does take, but and we know this all takes place after Endgame, so it brings up the question, how is Vision still alive? Um, also, why is this in the 1950s? Uh, subsequent episodes take us through each decade. We get the 60s, the 70s, before we finally realize that Wanda has essentially taken a town hostage. Um, and S.W.O.R.D., which is a, you know, sort of a branch of S.H.I.E.L.D., is investigating this anomaly which they come to name the hex and yeah they're basically going in and they're looking and trying to figure out what the heck's going on and they're actually able to pick it up via tv and it's all shot like a tv show and you know wanda's brother shows up uh returning from the dead you have to explain wanda's brother you said spoilers well i wanda's brother well wanda's brother died in age of ultron uh, and he suddenly shows back up here, played by a different actor, which is a reference to X-Men, and we're not going to get into that. But uh, What's his name? Quicksilver. Thank okay. you. Okay. A certain <laughs> level of vagueness is okay. You can't, like, there's, there's a difference between saying Wanda's brother and keeping it focused on the characters that are important and saying Agatha all along. Moving on, right? Like, we need to explain what people need to know about the show. Not what they need to know about the past 10 years of the MCU. That is fair. Um, so I don't need to like go into like, when Wanda is, right? So anyways, um, yeah, things are getting weird. One, we realize that Wanda is, as the show goes on, she's rewriting things kind of on the fly. Like Vision's like, hey, something seems wrong. And she's like, no, it's not. And then suddenly time rewinds quick. So she's rewriting things as fast as the MCU writers rewrite the entire history of comics. That's no, no. Yeah. She's not. That doesn't happen. <laughs> what? They're not rewriting the history of comics. That's a whole other problem. They're not rewriting the history of comics. They're just doing things that I don't necessarily like. Are they just rebooting, essentially? No. It's, uh, that's a whole other thing. Like This would take me like 45 minutes to explain. And we don't have that kind of time. So I am not at least semi-accurate in saying that. You're sort of accurate. Um, I also am not quite sure what you're referencing. So again, there's a whole like 45 minute side conversation. And we have a bunch of shows to get through. That is so true. We don't have time, unfortunately. As much as I would like to have the time. Anyways, um, she's rewriting things. We're one. We're basically wondering, like, is she the bad guy here? What's going on? And they're trying to figure out how she did it. Um, she keeps expanding the borders of the false reality, et cetera, et cetera. Until, of course, like Lindsay said, Agatha All Along, which is a very catchy song that reveals that Agatha Harkness has been manipulating Wanda this entire time. Um, why? Why has she been doing that? Do you remember? Um, I know bits and pieces. I haven't watched it in, like months okay so basically uh agatha wants to figure out just what the heck 
is going on. And so she pretty much, she just inserts herself into the show and plays her part in it. I thought Agatha was a bad person. Well, she is. She wants the power. She's like, oh, wow, this is a huge surge of power. I need to figure out what's going on. And so she's like, Wanda, how did you do this? You're a witch. And she's like, no, I'm not. And she's like, yeah, you are. Because as far as the viewers and Wanda know, her powers were given to her artificially by one of the Infinity Stones at this Wait, point. Wait, what? Yeah. When Baron struck her, and this was during the beginning of Age of Ultron... Is that the had, blue one? Yeah. Had Loki's scepter, he had the Mind Stone inside of it before it was put into Vision, and he experimented on people with it, and Wanda and her brother Pietro gained superpowers from it. This is redone in WandaVision to reveal that, no, she actually had magic powers all along, and the Mind Stone just essentially dialed her up to 11. Right? Um, she was not given powers from the Mind Stone, she was just enhanced from the Mind Stone. And so her powers just protected Pietro and gave him powers from the Mind Stone. Mm. So Wanda actually is a witch. She is a magic user she doesn't just have superpowers, she's a witch. Um, she is revealed to be like this prophetic, super dangerous witch known as the... Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch, finally giving her her comic book nickname. What um, did everyone call her before? Just, just Wanda. Wanda. Yeah. She didn't have a code name. The MCU, not everybody has like formal code names. That's the thing. Why does everyone call... Have they explained why Hawkeye is called Hawkeye? Or is it just be like... No, no, oh, he's... Okay. When, what, ha, when, when in the movies was he ever called Hawkeye? Or was he just called Clint? I don't know. I'm sure someone said it at some point. Um, they probably did as like a joke. But as far as I can recall, he was only ever called Clint. Um, anyways, he's called Hawkeye... It could also have just been a S.H.I.E.L.D. code name due to his accuracy, right? Like Eric Selvig makes the joke, oh, the hawk is up in his nest, right? Um, Black Widow Whenever is... Whenever I hear the name Hawkeye, I think of M.A.S.H. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Um, whenever I hear Hawkeye from M.A.S.H., I think of Hawkeye from Marvel because that's the first one I was exposed to. But, you know, each their own. I find that hilarious <laughs> considering I'm younger than you. Oh, no, 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 no. I just care more about comics than I do about old TV shows. That's nice of you to say. Yeah. You just watched a lot of old shows. Um, Not by choice. Anyway, like, and like Black Widow was named Black Widow because the Red Room created Black Widows. Because, you know, beautiful things that kill their prey. You know, Captain America. I Black Widows were, like, people who married and then killed their spouses. Yeah, named after the Black Widow spider that kills its mates. So it essentially lures men in and kills them. I would hate to be a... Essentially using its, beauty, using its beauty as a distraction. So, no, I think Black Widows are... I don't know. They might only be... Anyways, and like, Ant-Man is a code name that's given, but he even he's mostly referred to as Scott. And Hank Pym just picked the Ant-Man name. He was like, hey, you're Ant-Man now. There you go, pal. Champ. Uh, derogatory. 
Yeah, War Machine was more of a nickname that Tony gave Rhodey. Iron Man was the name that the press named him, and he just went with it. Winter Soldier was his official was Bucky's official designation from Hydra. Um, the Hulk is just the Hulk. Um, For obvious reasons. Black Panther is not a code name; it's a mantle passed down to whoever the current Black Panther of Wakanda is. Captain America is an official code name, but it's also his military rank. Like he is, he officially has the rank of captain by the end of his movie. Um, Thor is his name. So, and like Falcon is not like he's never really refer referred to as Falcon other than in marketing materials. Uh, other than that, it's like oh Sam. Wilson, yeah. So what a man! I like, like that guy. The vast majority of superheroes in the MCU don't have like official superhero names. Um, they're mostly used as either like code names from the organization they were previously a part of, or in Wanda's case, she's the Scarlet Witch because of prophecy. Doctor Strange is Doctor Strange because he's literally a doctor, and his surname is Strange. So, there's their... And then Spider-Man has a code name because he's trying to keep his identity secret, and he does a terrible job of it every Doctor movie. Doctor Strange is legit just his name, and he was gifted with a fantastic last name. Yeah, yeah. That is... He has and so it's like the, the, the meme where it's like, oh no, I'm a doctor, this magic thing just be a hobby. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't... I do this on the side. Um, he dabbles. Yeah, he dabbles. So anyways, yeah, that's sort of, like, the... Oh, we really took our branch off from the... Yeah, you keep asking me these branching questions, and then I have to answer them to fill in people on details. And we're already, like, 15 minutes into this podcast, and we haven't okay. Wanda. Anyways, uh, Wanda then accepts her magical powers with a dope new costume. It's revealed that Vision, um, the Vision she created is fake. The real vision was dismantled and turned into a soulless weapon, which... No, you turned into, like, an actual computer that people were able to control. No, he was basically a soulless weapon, because he still had his own thought and process. They basically just removed everything that made him vision and... And then they bleached his entire body. That's, a, again, it's another comic reference. And, yeah, a bunch of stuff happens, and, like, please go watch the show, because all of this to say... I think WandaVision's like a solid eight and a half or nine out of ten. It legs at some points, but the route we end up at is awesome. You meet Maria Rambeau. No, sorry, Monica Rambeau. You met Maria in Captain Marvel. You meet Monica Rambeau, who gets her own superpowers and is going to be in the new Captain Marvel movie. Um, so that's awesome. You get... A lot of setup, and it feeds directly into the new Doctor Strange movie that's going to be coming out, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That is such a good name. Right? Uh, yeah, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It's going to be awesome, and I think that's going to be leading very much out of Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm also very excited about that. Yes. We're going to be seeing that in theaters at least twice. Why? Well, because the rule we have being that I have to see it on opening night. Like, I'm going to go see it. Like, it releases December 17th, so we're going to see it Thursday the 16th. But we also promised to take my sister to see it uh, mm -hmm. for her birthday, so we're going to be seeing it again. And I have tentative plans to see it with some of the old kids I worked with at youth and the current youth pastor. So, I might be seeing it in theaters three times. 
which I don't mind because it's Spider-Man. Why don't you, we just all go at first? Ah. Well, hey, my sister Kayla might not be able to come that time because of her exam schedule. Okay, well, the other group of people. You're not coming with me and youth kids. That's too awkward? Yeah, for you. <laughs> anyway, watch WandaVision. Lindsay, what did you think of WandaVision? I, as I said before, I liked it. And also, again, the costumes were great. No, sorry, when you say the costumes, are you talking about anyone's other than Wanda's? Yes. I'm also talking about their Halloween episode costumes. But again, are you talking about anyone's other than Wanda's? I liked Vision. He looks like such a dork. He does. Um, in that being said, though, if we're out talking about the costumes, they did a really good job creating period-accurate costumes. And the opening title sequence for every episode is thematically very similar to um, a show from that era, so like Bewitched or Modern Family, and every episode has like the hallmarks of the era that they're kind of spoofing. So, you know, for the 2010s, it has a lot of stopping and talking to the cameras, a la Modern Family, Parks and Rec, The Office. Um, There's a laugh track and some of the ones. It's really well done. It's both a very, very fun way to be like here's a love letter to television and also here's making wanda a fantastic character in her own right yeah and it also played a lot on it showed that she had watched those yes. shows herself so it yeah. was very personal to her as to why yeah. they did that it wasn't and, just ooh, yeah. this is and, a fun idea and then the big i guess not so not so much a twist or anything is that uh, she didn't, like, cause this on purpose. A lot of people were like, oh, no, she did this on purpose. Um, and after a while, she kind of was doing it on purpose because it was, like, an insular place where she could feel safe and have vision back. But the initial creation of this was an accident. It was born out of the grief at seeing vision gone. Um, so he actually had bought a plot of land that in the town of Westview for them to live in, and as he wrote on the deed to grow old in, which I think is beautiful, um, she went there and just kind of had an emotional breakdown, broke down crying, and just this wave of power surged out and enveloped the whole town. So it was an accident, but it did eventually become on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one division. That was followed up by The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I really liked this one. This one also has a lot less backstory because it's fairly simple uh lindsay would you like to intro this one uh i can try (laughs) okay go ahead um so essentially what happens is obviously in the absence of steve in his prime why is steve gone if you haven't watched the movie he decided to go and be with his past Love interest. We kissed once. That Colin hates. Freaking simp. With a passion. Steve decided to simp and go live in the past, so he's old now. Exactly. Thank you for summing that up for me. Um, And obviously, living in his absence, his two best friends, both from when he was a young soldier, as well as when he was... Captain America, um, basically go on a little adventure. This is, would you like me to explain it? I'm 
really bad at explaining things. At the end of the Endgame, Sam Wilson, a.k.a. the Falcon, was given the Captain America shield because Steve believed he was the best person to carry it, and he's a good man. Now, important to know if you don't, Sam Wilson's African-American, okay? Given racial tensions in the world, Sam is worried about how the USA and the world at large is going to accept a black man as Captain America and decides he doesn't want to do it, and he gives the shield to the Smithsonian. Bucky is like, hey, why'd you do that? Because if Steve was wrong about you, maybe he's wrong about me, because Bucky had been brainwashed by Hydra and has a bunch of trauma. So you've got a guy who's not sure about his place in the world, and another guy who is not sure about his place in the world and has trauma. Um, all this to say that the Smithsonian was not putting the shield on display, and they just gave it to the first white dude they found, uh, a guy named John Walker, which is, like, the whitest name they ever came up with. They were just like, hey, buddy, you're Captain America now. And he's like, neat, I'm Captain America. I'm the best thing ever. Everybody should listen to me. But he was also very insecure about his position. Well, his, that's like, why he, that's why he's like going around like, I'm so great. Everybody, please listen to me. I need you all to like me so much. Well, he also, he tried to act so much like Steve when he yeah. he's really not Steve. So anyways, um, they find out that there's a super soldier serum, which is what created Steve circulating. It's like a black market one. And... Uh, they, they go on a big adventure, and it doesn't really, honestly, the villain of the show sucks. That is the biggest failing. The Flag Smashers, I don't even want to explain them, because it's stupid. Alright, like, sorry. It's a good idea, it's executed poorly. What really matters is, like, the core cast of John, Sam, and the Winter Soldier, Bucky. So anyways, Sam and Bucky fight a lot, and debate about what should be done, and they eventually beat up John Walker and steal the shield, because John Walker, in an attempt to be more like Captain America, drugged himself up on Super Soldier Serum, and then essentially went into roid rage and murdered someone on live TV, uh, with the shield, Captain America shield being- After his best friend yeah, was murdered. being covered in blood, and so he was then stripped of his title as Captain America, and, like, basically they were like, uh, you're kicked out of the army, for that and he's like no i don't want to be wait what's what's that thing that ben wyatt says after he quit i don't know i forget I, I, if you're bringing it up I I, you know. gotta remember it um it was something like lost his job in disgrace or something yeah Sure. That's exactly what happened to John Walker. Oh, 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 when Ben quit and he kept saying resigned in disgrace. That's it. That's yeah, but, but John Walker didn't resign in disgrace. He was literally given a dishonorable discharge from the military. Okay. He was quite he literally was... a disgraced former Captain America. Yeah, he, he so was fired in disgrace. Sam and Bucky have a non-sexual, semi-romantic bonding experience fixing a boat together. I, you can't tell me, me it wasn't... Excuse me. You mean bromantic? No, it was romantic. It's <laughs> the, I don't know. The gay shippers are all over Bucky TikTok. I'm making a joke. I'm making a joke. <laughs> Bucky literally hit on, on Sam's sister. He can be bisexual. Why are you pulling these words out? Because it could be true. Bucky could be bisexual. He could be bucksexual. Uh, anyways, they fix a boat together. Uh, Bucky gets a good night's sleep for once in his life. Sam just is like, you know what? Maybe I should be Captain America after talking about, like, racial tensions. Um, has a really sick workout montage, practices with the shield, and then Bucky's like, hey, buddy, I got you a present. Uh, also, they hung out with Baron Zemo a lot, and Baron Zemo danced. 
Um, he what? He danced. I forgot. It's that. not even like I can't even like summarize that part for you guys quickly because there's so much to, about it. But he was there and he was really great. Anyways, Bucky's like, this man needs a Captain America suit. So he goes to the Wakandans who he has a good relationship with. He's like, I need a favor. And they're like, really? You need another favor? We already cleared your brainwashing. And he's like, no, no, but like this one's not for me. And so he gets the Wakandans to make Sam a new suit. And everybody goes to fight the Flag Smashers. And John Walker shows up in his Captain America outfit after being fired. And he's like, I'm going to fight. I want to kill these people. And he's like, never mind. I guess I'll save the day and become a halfway decent person. Didn't he make his own shield? He did. Like a nut? He made his own shield in his garage and welded all of his medals of valor to it. And it like... It has no resistance. So basically just clattered to the ground immediately. It was a poor effort by John. Uh, anyways, while all of this insane stuff's happening, Sam shows up in a dope new outfit. He's officially Captain America now, but he's still got wings, and it's super cool. And Sam immediately proves that Steve made the right call in naming him Captain America. He prioritizes saving people. He uses all of his tactical knowledge, and he gives a rousing speech to the world about togetherness and love. It's beautiful. And at the end of it, it's revealed that, oh no, Sharon Carter, who we thought was their friend, is actually evil. Because she was mad about stuff that happened to her in Civil War. Which, again, there's too much to explain. <laughs> that being said, this is my favorite MCU show. 10 out of 10. It was quite good. I enjoyed it. Um, what were your thoughts on it? I thought it, I gave all my thoughts on it. It's your turn to talk. Okay. okay. Um, I thought it was good. I thought, <laughs> I personally forgot who Sharon was. You're so just like, oh. She just showed up when I was just like, oh. A lady. A lady. That's nice. Always here for some positive role models. No, and she was not a... I mean, I guess she is a positive role model if you're a girl boss who wants to, like, be corrupt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, depending on who you are, everyone could be a role model. It's true. Anyways, yeah, I give the show a 10 out of 10. That is fair. That is a fair assessment. Um, So you give it a 10 out of 10 as well? I would say so. Okay. Buckle yourselves up, kids, because now it's time. <laughs> you could have said that before. Nope, nope, this is the and one. Unbuckle bucky yourselves. Unbucky yourselves and buckle yourselves up. Because <laughs> uh, we're doing Loki now. Good God, this show. This? I loved it. I. Uh, there was a lot of it I liked, and there was a lot of it I was like, what? Um. <laughs> It was very investing, but also just, like, wildly confusing in parts. Basically, there's an alternate reality Loki, and they're like, you're under arrest. Uh, and he's like, who are you to put me under arrest? And they're like, we're the Time Variance Authority. So basically, they're time cops. Okay? Okay. Okay? Okay. okay. So the time cops arrest Loki. Oh, wait. And... This was an alternate? Oh, right, because he died. Yes, so the time cops arrest Loki, and we get some quickly expedited version of Loki's character development by making this version of Loki, who's still evil, watch all of his character development from the past four movies, and he's like, ah, I guess I'm all caught up now. I didn't like that. I both liked it because it was emotional, but it's also like, that's a cheap way to, to tack the character development back on, because 
it meant that this Loki had, like, no, like, manipulation or evilness. He was just, like, too much of a hero. And Loki's interesting because he's not a hero. You know? I would say Loki naturally falls into, or should fall into, an anti-hero. I know. And he was an anti-hero in the Thor movies. But in this one, they made him into a, just a proper hero. And it killed him. Go and watch some of the other episodes and look at how, like, selfless he's being and stuff. As wholesome as it is, we're like, oh boy, character development. He's not supposed to be. He's not supposed to be. Anyways, uh, he finds out that there's a version of him named Sylvie running around, but it's a girl. It's a girl Loki. Yes, he falls in love with her. He falls in love with her, which is himself. Is it weird? Kind of. Do you? Do we ship it? Also kind of. But we feel a little bit weird about it. I think it's kind of ironic because it's like no one would be good enough for Loki except Loki. Yeah, but also they've got to shoehorn romance into like everything, uh, which I don't always dig. Um, so anyways, Loki is like, oh well, boy. you do crazy things. Anyways, they go on an adventure across time and space only to realize that there's this ominous dude at the end of it. And he's like, oh, I'm preserving the sacred timeline. They kill him, or Sylvie kills him after betraying Loki, and time essentially just fractures and blows up. And that, that that's the summary of Loki. And it's like, good job, Sylvie. Are you happy now? And what this does is essentially this guy at the end of time, who I forget what he calls himself. I don't remember. He calls himself something. He's basically like, if you kill me, other versions of me are going to come and do bad stuff. And they do. Do you really want that and to still happen? And still be like, yes, I do. You liar. I want it to happen. This isn't going to happen. It does happen. And Loki ends with both an announcement for season two, but oh, yeah, Owen Wilson is in this and he's adorable. Aww. And Loki's like, hey, Owen Wilson's character, I'm back. And he's like, who are you? And Loki's like, what? And he looks and he sees a statue of the guy from the end of time, but he's in battle armor. And this guy is Kang and he's Kang the Conqueror now. And so basically it's like, way to go, Sylvie. You created Kang. If you don't know who Kang is, go watch Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. If you don't want to do that, I'll tell you who Kang is. <laughs> but if you want to find out without Colin telling you, just pause the video. Go watch, go watch all of Earth's Mightiest Heroes, even the episodes that don't deal with Kang, and then come back. Uh, the long story short is he's a time traveler who... Uh, basically he conquers timelines and planets and he thinks he should be in charge. He is a warlord and that's what they've unleashed. And he's a problem because you can beat him and he's just like, comes back from another time. He's like, well, I'm mad that you did this and I'm here again. So you can never really stop him. Uh, Loki, seven out of 10. Really? The music slapped though. I'll give him that. I find it hard to rate shows. Throw out a number. I don't want to throw out a number. From the depths of your heart, throw one out. Eight or nine. Eight or nine, yeah. Um, so if you're following along, I gave WandaVision like a nine. Well, Hello Winter Soldier, ten. And Loki, seven. Just because it's like, it's good, but it's really messy. I don't and think it, I rated WandaVision. It undoes a lot of Loki's character work and makes him too bland for my tastes. Like... Sylvie was a lot more interesting than him because she got to be the edgy 
kind of self-serving character because which is what Loki was and that's what made him interesting he now has to go back and be like well I'm the good guy now anyways uh well do you have a rating for one division hmm probably nine probably a nine okay all right um and now one more show uh what if I actually did not finish the last episode. You should do that, because I'm about to spoil it. Okay, well, when you're talking about the last episode, just warn me, and then I'll just, like... Honestly, like, you can probably predict what's going to happen. Okay. I want to find out... What if is an animated show where this dude called The Watcher is, like... With a big head? With a big head and little arms. (laughs) No, he has normal arms. He's not a T-Rex. This dude named The Watcher is like, hey, there's alternate realities. And it's based off of one of my favorite comic book series ever called What If, obviously. It's basically like, hey, what if this one thing changed and how would that play out? That's a great concept. I like it. What I don't like at all is their execution of some of it. In my opinion, a good what if is it takes one singular moment and is like, hey, let's do this. This felt more like they wanted to do a thing and tried to justify how it happened, if that makes sense. So, like, I have a what-if comic where it's like, what if Spider-Man didn't marry Mary Jane? Okay? And it's like, oh, he missed, like, he missed the wedding and they broke up. And here's what happens after that, right? Like, what if it's supposed to start with your sing- with this singular moment? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or I have, like, what if Spider-Man kept the black suit? What would happen? Um, so it starts with, like, this one moment changing where it's like, oh, uh, he was on his way to see Reed Richards because Reed Richards in the real timeline said, hey, um, buddy, this is a symbiote. You might want to not wear this. And Peter's like... Whoa, no. But Reed Rich- but it's like in this one, it's like, oh, Reed Richards was off-world. Uh, and he wouldn't be back till later, so he had to go see Dr. Connors instead, who, while smart, is not as smart as Reed Richards, and wasn't able to figure out what it was. So by the time he figured out what it was with Reed Richards, it was too late. Right? So it's like, here's your one little point and that butterfly effect. This one, it felt like I don't use a zombies episode as an excuse, as an example. They're like, gee, we want to do zombies. How can we justify it? You know? Yeah. They, they weren't like, and, and then they backtrack and they justify it by, oh, well, Hope Van Dyne brought this parasite or, or virus with her. Not Hope. Not Hope, sorry. Janet brought this uh, virus with her from the quantum realm. And I'm like, that's fine, but that's not a what if. That's just an alternate reality. So just, uh, or, or like, you know, Hardy Thor is one where it's like, what if, he, but, but it's, it's like, what if Thor was an only child? And it's like, yeah, but, and that, like, that was probably like the only one that actually was like a proper what if. Oh. It's like, okay, the what if is Odin left Loki. How does that affect Thor? Thor's a very different person without Loki, Right. Because of Loki, he never, like, lost me only, or this, that, and this. It's different. Um, 
the Doctor Strange one was a really good episode, but um, was like, what if uh, Christine died in the car crash? But it is wrong because like it presumes him and Christine were like going out and he was like way more into her than normal, if that makes sense. And it's like, yeah, but in the movie, he was being a jerk to her the whole time until he became a nice guy. So please explain that to me. So I, it's more like, what if Christine and Doctor Strange never broke up? This is what would happen, right? So that's like my main problem with what if. Also, the episodes were too short. They were like only 20 minutes long or 25 minutes long. And that's not enough time. That's a fair point. It first, like, it's hard to wrap up an entire, um, what's it called? Plotline? Exactly. In like 10, 20 minutes. And sometimes you can get away with it if it's like one show about one person, obviously, because there are like Star versus the Forces of Evil is oh, all. Oh, yeah. They have very short episodes, but you do get a lot in one. This one, they they didn't, like, they spent so much time with the setup, right? Um, or, like, the Killmonger Tony Stark episode, right? What if Killmonger saved Tony Stark? Why was Killmonger saving Tony Stark? From the, like, that's that's a weird premise from the beginning, you know? Yeah, that definitely seems like an alternate reality because yeah. it doesn't seem like like Killmonger was ever involved in any of exactly the like oh what which is why to me a proper what if should take one existing moment and turn it what I happens I do think that the zombie episode with Janet Van Dyne was a pretty good what if because I... it is a totally plausible in that universe like event that could have happened and it probably would be more likely that she but would have come they back. they just wanted to do Marvel Zombies because Marvel Zombies is popular. Well, and what, that's fine. I what like do you the... think would be a better... Ex like, do you think it would have ended oh, no, no. in more I, like, of, like, I think, just a disease? Like, I, I think the explanation is fine, but it's not a what-if. Right? The what-if is, what if Janet Van Dyne brought a zombie virus back from the Quantum Zone? So... Do you think that they should have titled these better? Yes, I would have called it not what if. I would have just called it Marvel Realities. Still do the Watcher, still be like, I'm going to show you the realities, but the, the uh, they did not do what ifs very well at all, in my opinion. That is a strong opinion. Yeah. It, um, like, what if T'Challa was Star-Lord? That's a weird leap to make. It just feels like you wanted to do it. Which is fine. It was a great episode. I know you said that before. Like, you were like, the real title would have been What, what if, if Yondu abducted the wrong child? Exactly. Not Why did he do it? He's just like, oh man, let's get him. Oh no, Um, he sent his guys to do it without him and they just got the wrong kid. Because they oh, were stupid. What's his name, Sean Gunn? Yeah, Craglin was stupid. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's my main problem with what if, is that it's like, they're like, oh yeah, we're going to do these what ifs. 
And it's like, this doesn't feel like a what if. Um, one of the few that was like a proper what if is what if Peggy Carter became Captain America. That didn't even feel like a what if, though, because it's like, what would have happened? She would have gone through the plot of Captain America on her own. And that's really it. Right? Like, she could have easily decided, you know what? I'm not into shields. Can you make this into something else? Oh, yeah. The shield was completely unjustified. Right? When she had a sword, I liked that a lot more. Wait, she had a sword? Yeah, briefly she grabbed a sword when she was in the Hydra base. I liked that. I'm like, hey, it's a different thing. Where she's got like, the sword and shield and it's more like a knight. She is definitely more aggressive. But it's just the fact that it's like a shield for Steve made sense. Because he was very defensive. He, well, and he constantly used things as shields. It was set up for her. They're like, we made you a shield. Why? Steve had one, so here we want to give you one for the marketing. Well, I didn't he, like it. it. He even used himself as a human shield in the first oh, yeah. Captain America movie. Um, the best one was Infinite Ultron, where it's basically the what if there is what if Ultron succeeded, or what if Ultron won? Uh, what if like Ultron got himself into Vision's body? Right. I mean, make it a punchier title. But it's like, oh, okay, this, you know, bunch of, like, he kicks everyone's ass because he's so strong. Thanos shows up and he just marks Thanos immediately. Yeah, and then he tries... Thanos. Huh? Sorry, Thanos. And then he just takes over the entire... It was awesome. Anyways, I liked What If, but I didn't love What If. Also, T'Challa, I love T'Challa, but the T'Challa Star-Lord episode uh, made him too perfect. Yeah, he, I mean, he's a great guy, and he's very diplomatic. And I love him. He's amazing. I feel like, I like, the nature versus nurture would have taken effect. And yes, he did spend a lot of time on his home planet with his family. He was, like, ten. But, like, you definitely take on characteristics of the people you're with, so he shouldn't have been like, like Like, turning the Ravagers into this perfect team, and turning Thanos good, and whatever... It was just like... I feel like it really fed into that, like, popular opinion that Chris Pratt is suddenly a bad person. So yeah, like, that's the whole thing I don't want to... Let's, like... That's a whole thing we don't want to get into. But, yeah. like, it was very weird in that... Yes, T'Challa, as the son of a king, would have been a lot different of a person than Peter Quill was, who was someone who was reeling from the loss of his mother... And, you know, I would was very found... impressionable. But, like, I feel like more of a balance between it. And they made T'Challa just so perfect. Yeah, but the other thing is, at the very end of that episode, you see Ego meeting Peter Quill. Quill. Yeah. And he's just a, a janitor or something at a diner. But that makes sense, though, because... Like, yeah, he, he was just like a dinner and a dairy queen. I personally would have found that more interesting yeah. than the actual plot of what happened. We get, like, a brief glimpse of that in the finale, um, just, like, to tell you what happens a little bit. Um, the Watcher assembles a Guardians of the Multiverse to stop okay. Ultron. And so he grabs the, he, the pr- protagonist from every previous episode, mm-hmm. and it's, it's very cool, and I like it. 
Um, and you see sort of like a little bit of, hey, where are they now? Right? So we get like Captain Carter, who gets snatched out of the Lumarian Star. Um, which like from the beginning of Winter Soldier, which again is just weird to me. It just basically makes me feel like, so if Captain Carter was, Cap if Peggy was Captain America, nothing would change except she'd be where Steve was every time. I'm like, I feel like there's more interesting stories to be told with her. Even though I don't love her very much, you could have been more interesting stories. Um, so yeah, Captain Carter, you get T'Challa, you get uh, Killmonger as Black Panther, uh, the only child Thor, um, Black Widow. It's it's really cool. It's a good episode, and I liked it a lot. Uh, so anyways, yeah, what if I'm going to give it like... You said that Peter Quill was involved in that. Oh, no, you, like, you, no, no you get like a super brief glimpse like, as people are getting snatched, of, like, what happened after the stuff they did, right? Okay. So it's like, you see T'Challa Star-Lord on Earth fighting, like, the tendrils of Ego's, like, seeds. Holy crap, okay. Yeah, you get, like, a brief glimpse of it. And they, you get, essentially, like, one bit of every episode. I took a sip of your water. You took, like, all of my water. There wasn't much left when I grabbed it. That is... I think you had a lot more water than you thought. Anyways... We've been talking for 45 minutes and my voice hurts. <laughs> I hope that is a good app description. What if 5 out of 10? Oh my goodness. I would have rated it higher, at least a 7. I can't rate it a 7 because some episodes were like 2s and 3s. Others were like 7s and 10s. So it's like, overall, the show gets like a 50%. Fine, I'll give it a 6. Thank you. I'll be That's generous. generous. Yeah. Uh, I talked a lot this episode because... He he's heavily emotionally involved in it. It required a lot of in-depth explanation. And I'm um, not good at explanation. And Lindsay also just doesn't like to interject, even though she should interject just to, like, put her thoughts in. I do interject, but I am quiet, so then you end up continuing to talk. Nah, you don't interject as much as you think you do. But I still do it. That's fair. We'll work on it. Podcasting's hard. Anyways, uh, back to finance plugs. Check out our Patreon. Check me out on Twitch. Uh, all those links are in the description, though. Check me out on Instagram, as well as my Etsy, because there you can find patterns as well as plush. So if you're interested in either of those, um, mm -hmm. my patterns are pretty ranging in terms of whether you are a beginner or an advanced crocheter yeah so we hope you all enjoyed this episode and um yeah tune in next time for whatever we end up talking about exactly my name is colin and my name is Lindsay. and we are mr and mrs valentine have a good one guys and drive safely